0: So, Don, you've got a new album out, um, which is really cool. had a chance to uh, to listen to it. Uh, really funny stuff. Um, t- tell me a little about the recording process for this album. I understand you did something kind of unique when you did that.
1: Yeah, well, thank you, man. Um, the album's called Denim and Laughter. Um, it's Obviously, it's a parody of the, the classic Saxon album, Denim and Leather. And uh, very grateful that the band let me... Uh, use all their artwork and stuff to, to do the packaging for my album. So um, that makes it unique. But, um, yeah, as far as the actual show, you know, I, I always go for a certain vibe when I do my comedy albums. And for this one, um, a friend of mine has a speakeasy in Los Angeles, literally an illegal club, Uh, that Los Angeles County has no idea is operating with a a full bar and a stage and all that stuff. And I said, that's it. That's what I'm looking for. Because like rock music, comedy is best when it's a little dangerous, right? So I figured how much more dangerous can, can it be than, you know, making an album in a speakeasy where you can literally be raided by the cops at any moment. So that's what we did. And, (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm almost disappointed we didn't get raided because I thought that'd be a good ending to the album where I'm actually dragged down handcuffs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say that would uh, you know it's not something you could fake and if that if that actually happened, I mean, how could you not at least put that on the album at, at some point?
1: Yeah, and I and, and I didn't want to fake it either. You know, it's people like you should have just see, like you know pretended and I'm like yeah, you know. But um, okay. I'm really happy with the way the album turned out and. Um, I have a special guest person doing the intro and outro music for it as well, so I'm just really happy with it overall, and, you know, of course, just being my association of my albums coming out on Metal Blade Records, you know, the the label that, you know, shaped my musical taste since I was a a teenager, it just makes the whole thing really special to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the artists that they discovered and put out, you know, and and I mean, why would you not want to be on Metal Blade record? So tell me about right. that relationship. How did you get associated with the, uh, Metal Blade and, and and get this album put out through them?
1: Yeah, so so one of the things I do, you know, besides obviously performing in comedy clubs, is I go out and, and I open for rock bands. And sure. when we were doing um, that metal show. Started to get offers from for, from bands to go out on the road and, and open, um, which was a very very cool thing back like in the late 80s early 90s, and then was just so not cool for about 25 years. So <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, I always loved the comics who were kind of like the rock star comics. So I said, yeah, you know, I, I definitely would love to mix those two worlds, my two favorite things ever. And the first actual tour I went on was with a, a metal blade band called Charred Walls of the Damned.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah Tim yeah. Rupert sure.
1: Owens, Richard Christie. Sure. And Brian Slagle, the head of Metal Blade, had, had come to a couple shows. And he's like, he goes, man, I haven't seen a comedian open for a band in years. He's like, but, <laughs> you know, if, if you have enough material for a whole album, I'd love to do something with you. And, you know, I was like blown away, you know. And, and I was like, you know, that, what a great fit because – you know, when you got bands like, you know, cannibal corpse and six feet under, you know, I felt pretty safe knowing they weren't going to censor any of my material.
0: <laughs> true, true. I, I think your, uh, your right to free speech is safe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and and we barely have that anymore. So thank God for them.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, uh, yeah, so the material, like I said, I've had a chance to listen to it. It's really funny. And I, of course, you know, I won't, I won't give anything away, but, uh, Definitely encourage uh, all of our listeners and, and readers to uh, to check it out. It's um, it's some of the funniest stuff I've heard in quite some time. Well,
1: um, oh, thank you. man. Well, I do poke fun. I do make fun of this PC fake outrage world that we live in. Correct. Um, because you, you got you have to call attention to it, and you know I try to put it in very absurd terms. You know, like I say, you know the rock crowd. We're not woke. You know, we wake and bake. You know, that's the difference. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of that stuff on there to, because if you don't poke fun at it, then you know, it, then we're just all gonna be walking around, you know, looking like our best friend just died. You know, I mean, you gotta, you know, we're adults. We're allowed to you know, laugh at stuff that's you know a little you know, a little off putting to other people.
0: Well, and you're you're not only a, a comedian, but you're obviously you know a hardcore uh, metal guy. You know, uh, from from day one, and so nothing's Obviously, it's going to be uh, more metal than than just not being PC. <laughs> yeah, you know? my first
1: two albums were, were Kiss, Destroyer, and George Carlin, Occupation Fool. <laughs> and so it's like you know here you know the first rock band that I ever discover is, uh, are lar- larger than life. They're they're superheroes. They're, they're they're comic book characters. They're rock stars. And and then here's George Carlin. You know, and at eleven, obviously, I'm not understanding everything. Reference he's making, but I know it's subversive, and so I want to, you know when you're eleven or twelve you that's what you want to hear is something subversive and so those worlds to me were always the two my two favorite things in the world so um and and both a little dangerous uh, you know as i say
0: so so you're basically the product of if Kiss and George Carlin had a baby together. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you would get Don Jameson is that correct
1: <laughs> I guess yes yeah, something like that I, you know maybe my name should be like George Stanley or Gene you know, Carlin
0: <laughs> well I, I love both of those uh, artists by the way love kids love George Carlin saw him live uh, several times sure he would appreciate your comments um he's influenced you know a, a lot of people that kind of leads me into my next question is, you know, comedian-wise, who really influenced you to get started? I'm going to assume George Carlin is your first choice there since you mentioned him. But, but who else along those ranks of, of comedians that you grew up watching or you know, influenced you to want to be a comedian yourself?
1: Right. So, yeah. So well, Carlin and like Cheek and Chong were like the first kind of con- comedic things that I, I listened to when I was – a young teenager what made the, the but the comics that made me go get on stage and this goes back to what we talked about earlier were the guys who were like they were bigger than life they were they were comedians but they were rock stars so like Andrew Dice Clay to me you know the, the funniest greatest comic ever um, <laughs> and then you know being a fan of his and then actually end up you know doing 10 years with them on the road which is a whole other interview in itself. But, um, you know, nice, 100,000 people opening for Guns N' Roses at, at the Rose Bowl. You know, Sam Kinnison, the wild thing with Slash and all the Sunset Strip guys in the video with Jessica Hahn and all that. And, yeah, you know, even Bobcat Goldthwait was like a rock guy. He toured with Nirvana even in 91 when they first toured the state. So, I always loved those guys who were lived in those worlds. They were more than comedians just standing there telling jokes, you know. It, mm-hmm. it was almost like you were seeing a rock performance from those guys. So th- that, those are the guys I always loved. And, you know, uh, uh, on a much smaller level, I'm hopefully carrying on that tradition.
0: No, I absolutely think you are. I was just going to say, you know, I, I can see kind of, you know, you, you fitting into this uh, on a modern-day level um to the names you just mentioned you know guys like sam kennison and and guys that were going out they really kind of intermingled those two worlds um you know a lot of times too you know they were they were in the rock videos with the guys and they went on tour with these guys and just kind of you know mixed it all together into, into one big thing and and yeah you're right they're they're larger than life They they were really rock stars in their own right without you know being musicians
1: Right, and then now you cut to um, you know February of last year. You just Mm -hmm. around the time that you and I are talking today. um, Mm -hmm. I'm out on the road with the band Pop Evil. Jim Brewer was on the road with Metallica, and Ladda Cable Guy was out touring with Sticks. So, uh, you know, which is that's a party to me, you know. So that the fact that the three of us, three comics, are out touring with these bands you know, around the same time, I was so proud, you know, so yeah. hopefully we're making it cool again.
0: Yeah, and I have to say, you know, I've been a fan of yours, you know, from, from obviously from that metal show, um, really miss that show. I'm sure you get that all the time, people asking if there's any chance it's coming back. And and I, I think the I know the answer. I think, you know, it, it's not at this point from what I've heard uh, Eddie Trunk say. But, uh, um can you verify that? Does it does that seem like it's not going to, to happen again, or, or is there still no, a well, chance of it?
1: Right. No. And thanks, Bobby, for you know being a fan of the show. And and you know people are always like I'm sorry to ask you this, and so but there would be nothing worse in the world to do a show for 14 seasons and then it ends and nobody asks you about it. <laughs>
0: no, I love the show. Avid watcher every week. I mean,
1: But no, it's uh, far, look, I always say, I always hold out hope that we will do it again, but more importantly than that, um, you know, it's it's not often that a, a TV show comes along where these bands can come and promote their albums and their tours yeah. and their, whatever else, or just come on and just talk about music. Um, prior to that metal show, it was Headbangers Ball, right? So yeah. that went off yeah. the air in 1995. Now you're talking, we didn't start till 13 years later, so... Whether or not it's Jim and Eddie and I doing it again um, doesn't matter. But let's not have another 13 years go by before something else takes the place of it because, you know, it's right now... First of all, 2020, not only is it the year of rock reunions, as we know, right? Rage Against Mm -hmm. the Machine, My Chemical Romance, The Black Crows, Molly Crew, but now is a great time for young bands as well. So it's important to... Get something on the air at a bigger level. Um, obviously, guys like you and even, you know, myself on a smaller level than I used to, we're, we're all doing our part, right, to help support, you know, this scene. But, you know, you need something at a little bigger level. Um, Absolutely. Since we're having a lot of reunions, uh, who knows? You know, maybe Jim and Eddie and I, you know, uh, get back into the mix. Uh, this would definitely be the year for it.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the things I enjoyed about that show was I always, you know, it it reminded me so much of of me and my buddies from high school. We just sat around and, and, you know, pretty much did what you guys did. You sat on the couch and you talked about metal, except I didn't have, you know, Ace Fraley sitting there with me or or whoever, you know, the guest was of the week. But yeah, we totally did the same thing. We were, you know, kind of metal nerds, if you will, for, for the trivia side of things and knowing everything about the bands and the liner notes and and you name it, and 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 I loved that you guys had that format. Um, you know. Yes, yeah,
1: thank you. That's, that that's and that's the best compliment that you could give uh, for the show because that you nailed it. You know, we we always said it's got to just be the three of us hanging like three buddies, like any three buddies on a Saturday night. And mm-hmm. um, yes, yeah, so of course, you know we we actually had the the people that we were talking about sitting next to us. Um, but you know, the good thing is for the majority of the guests, um, you know, didn't have to do all that much prep work. I mean, if I can't sit down and talk to Ace Freely for an hour um, about KISS, uh, <laughs> I, probably not in the right job. Maybe I should be doing that <laughs> country show or something, you know.
0: Well, so now we talked about you, you know, you've been out on the road and you've been out with bands and comedians. So I have to ask, what's the most outrageous story from the road that you can tell?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, there's a bunch of stories, you know, on the new album. But I I, I think the funnier story is is just, you know, this forever, like, right, since we're, we're kids and probably since our parents were kids, there's this mystique of get backstage. Got to get backstage. Got to get a backstage pass. And, and all the stories over the years of the groupies and what they would do to get backstage. And everyone's got to get back there. And you know what happens when they get back there? There's nothing going on.
0: <laughs> this is true. I've been backstage many times, and it's not what people think.
1: Yeah, it's fan, like five I guys think. sitting around having this exact same conversation that you and I are having right now. <laughs> you know, it was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, grab a beer. And, uh, yeah, if you guys want to hang out, there's a deli tray. Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, your imagination runs wild when you're a fan of what's happening back there. you know?
1: I mean, I think it's it's like Hugh
0: Hefner's Playboy Mansion or something behind (laughs) the stage. (laughs) And you go back there, there's just some crates and the roadies, you know, packing up their wiring and stuff. And like you said, the guys are sitting around on the couch just shooting the breeze
1: yeah so to to me it that's that's the, the anti story to the real story is like pulling back the <laughs> curtain and just letting people know trust me it's not as exciting as you think uh, you know it, it's it's exciting enough for for me to to go out with you know and open for Zach Wild or or Anvil or Poppy Evil or Faster Pussycat whoever it is because yeah. i'm 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 with people that i really like and and with people that have been a fan of their music forever so you know, t- t- to me, that's just that's a treat in itself. But uh, yeah, it, look, it ain't Motley Crue. You know, nineteen eighty four. Okay, it's, it's <laughs> just not that way anymore.
0: Correct. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Motley Crue's backstage is like on this tour. It's probably <laughs> probably uh, uh, would be disappointing to everybody who saw the dirt.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I want to see. Day, it. I want just bring it on stage. You know, it's like yeah. you know, when we when we had um. I think when we had Phil Collins from Def Leppard on that metal show, you know, we we teased him a little bit like, you know, back when, you know, when they put out like like through the Pyromania days and when they really took the next step up and they were headlining arenas and during like the drum solo, you know, the other guys would go down to rooms underneath the stage and yeah, you know, I remember that. <laughs> there, would, there would be some, you know, situations going on down there. Um, now when the you know the drummer's doing a solo, there's the room's still down there, but now they're down there juicing. They have life cycles down there. <laughs> they that yoga mats, so <laughs> it's a different world.
0: Now. So, it, 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 I would think it is somewhat surreal to you. I mean, obviously you're, you're successful at what you do, but but is it is it still kind of surreal to you sometimes to to think, hey, I'm I'm you know. I'm talking with these people that I grew up, you know, listening to, admiring and all this, and I just get to to meet all of these celebrities. Um, it, it's got a, you know, is it more normalized now, or is it? are you still kind of a fanboy at times?
1: Well, that's the thing, uh, man. It, 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 you can't lose your fandom. That, that's the most important thing. So, you know, I've never, never, ever lost that part of it. So mm-hmm. that... You know, even though I'm friends with with a lot of um, these musicians that that I've always loved, Mm -hmm. I'm always, you know, there's such utter, like, respect and and still the fan in me is there so that, you know, I don't, I never take advantage of any situation, you know. I Mm -hmm. always sort of realize, okay, you know, this guy sold five million records over his career, you know. You know all the respect in the world, and 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 I and I'm one of the people you know that bought them. So, you know, I never that that side of me I've I've never lost, and it's the same with comedians too. You know, I notice when comedians are, aren't fans of other comedians, it, it's not you know, it's not quite as much fun. You know, I love I love other comics. You know, I, I you know I love watching other comics work and stuff, and you know because we all have different styles and 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 ways of doing things. So. But when that's gone, yeah, it kind of takes
0: all the the joy out of it. So usually when I'm talking to, you know, one of the rock star celebrities or whatever, I always like to throw in uh, this question. I'm going to go ahead and throw it in for you Um, just out of curiosity. But, you know, you have fans now, and you have a fan base. What's the strangest request that you've ever received from one of your fans?
1: Strangest request from – okay, so – I swear to God, this is a true story. So <laughs> I, I, um, I played at a festival one time, and this guy comes up to me and he says, "Hey, what's up? Uh, my name's Eddie, and my brother Gary and I are big fans of yours. And um, I want to know if you take a picture with us." And I said, "Yeah, sure." He goes, "Yeah, my, you know, my brother Gary met you and Eddie and Jim like about a year ago, and he, was, he said your were, guys were super cool to him and everything." And um, he really made his year and I'm like, okay, cool. But it's just him standing there. Mm-hmm. So I go, uh, all right, well, where's your brother? Cause uh, let's take the picture. Mm-hmm. He reaches in his back pocket. He pulls out a flask and he says, Gary died shortly after he met you. And we got him cremated and I carry him around in this flask. <laughs> I, I hope that's not too morbid for you. <laughs> Like oh no that's that's not too more but do you have any I don't know do you have any grandparents in a metal musl jar maybe a sister in a fireball whiskey bottle you want me to meet <laughs> and,
0: and, so so are you telling me you took a picture with him in the flask.
1: Well, of course, I took the picture with him in the flask, you know, because, you know, because I don't want to like, um, like, let's say, like he goes, he's up in heaven, like, you know, I don't <laughs> want him to be like, oh, looking down, going, oh yeah, he was real nice when I was alive, but you know, then I was dead, he was a total dick.
0: <laughs> as soon as I'm ashes, he wants nothing to do with me. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. So you know, you know, we all smiled. I mean, I, the two of us definitely smiled, but. Um, at, we took the picture and uh and I I had to get one for my camera too because it was the weirdest situation that I'd ever been in. But um but at the same time I, you know, like that really tugged at my emotions, man. Like that mm-hmm. like this guy was a fan of mine and, and his sure. brother and and he loved his brother so much and what's the one thing that bonded all of us is, you know, this music that we love that's you know, we speak a worldwide language uh, through mm-hmm. the music that we listen
0: to. That that definitely is one of the more interesting stories I've heard. I've never heard anybody <laughs> use that one. So I'm glad I asked you that. Just this. I'm glad you did it too, you.
1: because because it, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's as unique as it gets.
0: So what do you think about the current rock music scene right now? I mean, you know, it's, it's a little different than it used to be. But, but what's your thoughts yeah. on it?
1: Like I said earlier. You know, the the young bands are really coming up now. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether you like them or not, Greta Van Fleet has made it cool for Mm -hmm. girls to come to shows again. They've made it cool for guys to pick up guitars and take lessons again. Um, Women like Lizzie Hale have let it be known that it's cool for young women to pick up a guitar and take lessons and play rock music. So, you know, you're seeing this real influx of youth coming in, and, and uh, not just bands that are retro-sounding, but, you know, even some alternative kind of metal, and you, you got the retro metal, you got some modern metal, um, and it's a good time right now, so I think the scene's really healthy, um, mm-hmm. just see all, all good things, and, um, you know, those bands are getting a lot of buzz to them, you know, and then you got, got you know, bands like Rival Sons, and Crowbot and Them Evils, and Archer Nation, and Alien Weaponry, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm forgetting a million of them, but uh, just off the top, My Power Trip, and, you know, and they're all different, but t- t- they're all young and hungry, and, you know, with the mu- state of the music business these days, you you got to be young and hungry.
0: Yeah, exactly. They, they kind of have to forge their own path before they get noticed um, today, yeah, which well, is pretty much the opposite of what it was like back in our day. You know, they groomed them from the record label to you know, to be a star and be a celebrity and they worked on this kind of stuff and now it's kinda of like you gotta go out there and prove it yourself and then the record label will kinda of pick you up and distribute you then if
1: you'd like so very, very yeah, really so yeah, so they bring a great energy into the scene for everybody and, and and that helps everybody, you know, it's always about you know, it's always about what's best for the scene. Um and it, yeah, so and again and that's why it always makes me feel like, oh God, if we could just get back on air somewhere, man, we could really mm-hmm. You know, help take everything up a notch, but um, we'll see on um, you know again twenty twenty this maybe maybe it's the time
0: <laughs> so you know looking forward a- after this album obviously you you have this
1: album coming out
0: what What do you have going um after that what do you what's your your, your goals or your plans for the for the next year or so
1: yeah, so I'm going to go to the to the u k and europe with um with Biff, the singer from Saxon. Um, So it's a great, great tie-in to have Denim and Laughter out on on the road with Biff, and going to work overseas for the first time ever, which is exciting. You know, 20 plus years into my career, so that'll be in the uh, early spring, and then, um, you know, uh, you know we'll have to have another, we'll have a a couple of U.S. tours um, late spring. Mm uh into the summer and and probably into early fall as well um that i'll be able to announce soon so um and then obviously just you know also do still go out and and, and hit the comedy clubs as well so um you know people could check out all my socials I, I post all my gigs and stuff and uh yeah it looks like it's going to be a busy one which is which is always nice great,
0: great. so what do you consider your greatest accomplishment so far
1: Uh, I I guess taking a picture with a guy with his brother in a flask. (laughs) You're
0: the only person I know who's done it, so at least
1: you
0: you can certainly say that. Um, So for anybody who doesn't know you, what would they be surprised to know about Don
1: James? Surprised to know, huh? Well, I'd I'd be surprised if they know my name. That would be the the first step. Um, But... Oh, you know, I think. Well, here's what they would. So, for people who are familiar with me, they know mm-hmm. that I, that the worlds of comedy and and metal are intertwined. But maybe one thing people don't know about me is like I'm a huge sports fan. I've mm-hmm. done a bunch of sports TV shows and stuff. What um, right. just did a pilot where uh, I hosted um, for for the NHL. Networks. I'm a big hockey fan, so yeah, yeah. That's uh... that's uh, that's another side of me. When I go on tour with a rock band for a month, the first thing I do is look at all the cities and see what the sports schedule is in town. And you know, if if we're working at night and there's a game during the day, you know, or if we have an off day, I always look and say, oh, okay, we're in Chicago tomorrow. The Cubs are playing or the White Sox. Let's go see a game. Or we're in Denver. There's the Avalanche. Or, having a hockey game, you know, during the day. So I'll go see that. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the other part of the trilogy of things that, uh, you know, that consume my life.
0: Gotcha. Well, you know, I, I appreciate you taking your time out to talk to us today. Um, you know, I know you're pretty busy, especially trying to get this album ready and doing interviews and, and promotions. Is there anything you'd like to say to, to all of your fans out there?
1: Well, I'd like to say to you as well. Just you know, thank you everybody for the support you've given me over the years. And you know, you know, everything for me comes from the heart. You know, you know, my love for this music, you know, my love for comedy. You know, wanting to, you know, keep those worlds intermingled. And you know, also, you know, with my my comedy albums, that you know, I say, always say, you don't have to, you don't have to be a fan of hard rock and metal to like my comedy albums, but you have to like comedy with a rock and roll attitude, so I just appreciate, you know, everybody that's supported me, and um, I'm really excited about Demon and Laughter coming out on the 21st, and, um, you yeah, know, hopefully uh, you guys will enjoy it.
0: Well, thanks a lot, Don. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, I'm a huge fan of yours, so I'm looking forward to this album coming out, more people getting to hear your material. Um, and, and I want to wish you all the good luck and success over the next year. So it sounds like you've got a lot going on with the tour dates and stuff coming up. So, uh, uh, hopefully, um, continue to, to see your name out there and, uh, you know, let us know, uh, anything you're doing, we will be happy to help promote you and, uh, uh, you know, get your name out, let people know what you're doing.
1: Cool, man. Thanks Bobby so much, man. And, uh, have a killer weekend.
0: All right. Thanks Don. Have a good one.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.